The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. Welcome back to the show. I got another awesome mini episode here for you guys. I have Parker J. Cole here from PJC Media Worldwide. She's an author. She's written about 40 different books. She's a speaker, a radio host. She has an obsession with the Lord Jesus Christ, Star Trek, K-dramas, anime, romance, old movies, speculative film, and she is an amazing content creator and just she works in her gift and this episode we really just flow please share this subscribe to the show consider donating we have really big things coming up but for right now let's jump into this amazing speak piece you guys ready i'm ready a great micro message episode here for you we have parker here and it's an honor to have her with us parker welcome to the millennial mustard seed podcast and thank you for having me i have been looking forward to this you're interviewing authors you've been doing this for over 10 years now is that right well, just about 10 years. I've been doing it now for nine years, oh, wow. showcasing Christian authors worldwide. I wanted to talk about creation, and I wanted to talk about why it is important for believers to create. Let's start off with what is creation. And I'm going to use generic terms, but we already know that creation, which is the, the ability to build out of nothing, comes from God. Yes. Because in the beginning... God created. We have God already existing, who has never been created, creating. And he gives us in a small portion, this communicable attribute of creation. Mm -hmm. This becomes extremely important when you consider that everybody on the planet has the ability to create. Every single person. When he formed Adam and then created Eve, he created two things, a man and a woman. And then they came together and created what? A family that never existed before until they got together. Okay. This becomes important when you realize that then creation isn't just about the arts. It's about affecting the place and influencing the place around you. So again, I'm going to repeat, everyone has the ability to create. You create by cleaning up your house. <laughs> That's something I don't do very well. <laughs> you create when you build moments with your children. You are what? Creating memories. 
Mm-hmm. Most people who follow my podcast know that my grandmother passed away um, November 5th of last year. And there was a void in my life. But I have wonderful thousands of memories of her in my life. We created memories together and those memories live on. If you affect change around you, you're also creating. So that's the general term of creation, affecting, influencing the place around you, hopefully for better. Wow. That, that's very thought provoking. What really resonated with me as you were kind of breaking down what creation is, what it looks like, you know, it's one of the unique resemblances we have when God said he made us in his likeness and his image. It's you're hundred percent right. It's that God is the ultimate creator. And we're like these little echoes, you know, displaying this beauty to be able to cultivate and create and influence. And it kind of reminds me of the mustard seed. (laughs) The thing about the mustard seed is that it's so small. And the Lord used that when he talks about faith. He doesn't ask you to be equipped. He just asks you to be there. The mustard seed is there. It's not, it's not even doing much of anything if you think about it. <laughs> Someone else has to water it. It just has to be what? Available. And so creation permeates every part of our lives. Creativity, rather the creative act is always about pushing boundaries within a framework. For example, a scientist can create a product or process for the benefit of what? Humanity. That's He's creating. We don't often see scientists as creators, but they are creators. That's why we should never be anti-science. You're basically being anti-creation. However, we do need to understand that scientists have also been given the ability to create by God because he gives them the unique ability to understand how things work within the body, on our planet, in various multiple disciplines, the cosmos. He gives us the ability to understand that. When I saw those pictures from James Webb, Rod, I was blown away. I was like, look how beautiful this all is. And we have the wonderful opportunity to discover God's creativity in the cosmos. Wow, that he gives us the ability to use mathematical equations to send a satellite to an asteroid 7 million miles away and we can move its orbit. That's amazing. What were we, What are we doing? We're creating. Mm. So the mustard seed is just there. It just has to be available. Your ability, whatever that is, if you are one of those people who like to create flower arrangements. What are you doing? You're creating something beautiful. If you're a person who likes to fix broken, broken things, what are you doing? You're creating what? Improvement. You're making things better. Maybe you like to think really hard on things. There are people who are deep thinkers, Rod, and they think very deeply. They'll sit there and mull over an issue, a problem. What are they doing? They're creating, um, intellectual things for people to gnaw and chew on. So if you like to cook, whatever, you create an experience because some of our best experience happen over food. <laughs> you know, we have a good 
family dinner, then all of a sudden Uncle Sam goes crazy and does something weird. Like, oh, girl, I was eating my mom's cheesecake. <laughs> and Uncle Sam went crazy, you know. That's what it is. So we have to broaden our view of creativity. And I should also say that some of this comes from this some of this foundation I've learned about creation comes from another author I've had on the show before named Alan Arnold. He's really big about creation. So if you want to get more about what this is about, go to his book, The Story of With. His name's Alan Arnold. Um, you can get online and he'll help you also broaden your idea about creation. So I definitely want to make sure that I give honor to honor is due. But he also has helped me develop my own source and my own ideas about creation mm-hmm. as well. So let me ask you this, Parker. How do you see creativity being attacked in the younger generation today? What's one of the big red flags that you see like, wow, we need to watch out for this? For younger people, they are more isolated than we were. Mm -hmm. We will go to the mall. We will go to the park. We go to the playground. The first thing your parents did was kick you out the house when you go home. (laughs) Make sure you're back by a certain time. So the young people are missing experiences. The only experiences that they're having tend to be virtual. They tend to be via social media. They tend to be able to create a facade, which is creation, but it's not a real facade. It's your online persona. Experience is something that's lacking in a lot of young people. They don't have the ability to deal with certain things that we do. So I think that's one one form of attack. The next form of attack is that you have institutions or some popular people with big voices saying certain people cannot create certain things. One of those things that I get, and this is not a very popular opinion, as an African-American author, I have my white counterparts may come to me and say, hey, Parker, I want to create a black character in my story. And I'll go, okay, let me know when you finish the book. I like to read it. That's me. This is me. And one young lady was almost in tears because she wanted to create a black character, but was told by someone else that you're white, you can't create a black character. And I remember being so angry hearing that. I said, who are you to regulate what I do with my own story? This is my story. Another thing that causes creativity to be under attack is when we Instead of having expression, we have a checklist. Make sure you have this. Make sure you have Mm -hmm. this. Make sure you have this. I think that's another form of attack. Satan cannot create. You have to understand where this comes from. Because he cannot create, the only thing he can do is corrupt. And he can corrupt us because he can influence people to tell other people how to create their own creations. So he can come into someone else's domain and that person has a big mouth and says, okay, white authors cannot use black authors in their stories. Instead of saying, hey, if you're going to use a different culture in your story, for example, make sure you come from a place of knowledge, ask questions, go to people. Let's say when I was writing my Chinese romance, I had to go ask a Chinese author if I'm depicting this culture a particular way. Now, I should say, if the culture is not important to the story, if the ethnicity is simply descriptive, then I wouldn't go to them because it's not important to the story. I'm not trying to depict a Chinese culture. My character just happens to be Chinese who's on Mars fighting off zombies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so not really important to the discussion, <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless, you know, 
we have an alternate world where instead of Earth being colonized, we have Mars being colonized, and there's a massive Martian, co- you know, Chinese colony there or something <laughs> like that. You know, I just went off the deep end, but <laughs> but that's what I mean. So that's why I think how creativity is being attacked through those various means. Oh, very well said, and I definitely agree with a lot of what you just said right there. My next question, how do we inculcate the next generation? How do we get them so deeply involved with wanting to create? And how do we kind of like usher them along in in a healthy way? What kind of advice would you have for us? Nowadays, from what I've been told, because I don't have kids of my own, so this is what I've been told. Children want to be heard listen to what they're saying. They want someone they can depend on, that they can go to. It doesn't matter that you're older. I just recently had a conversation with someone saying, well, I'm in my 60s. Can I really be effective with someone, with the kids? And the kids were spellbound by her when she went to go speak at a school because they want to hear you. You have to be open to that. Let your children create if it's a story, fine. If it's them working and fiddling with their things, if they're cleaning up the house, if they're home, if they're naturally homemakers. For example, there's uh, one of my um, people in my sphere of influence. Their daughter likes to cook and bake. It's not something someone put inside of her. It's a natural thing that she does. When she, even when she was a baby, she liked to have the little, not a baby because you can't hold anything with your baby. But when she was a little toddler, she used to use the, the the little toy ovens and she would make things and pull out, want to serve you dinner. It was something that was naturally inside her because the mother hated cooking. Right? So <laughs> she didn't want to do it. It's a natural thing. Go ahead, encourage that. Find out what your kids like to create. And most important of all, create with them. Wow. Create with them. Build those things together. One thing Alan Arnold says that when we co-create with God, we don't we, we want to sometimes create for God instead of co-creating with God. And mm-hmm. when God allows when we co-create with God, he builds it up because we're actually creating for audience of one, for him. Because all this can pass away. If 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 something happened, all my books can go, you wouldn't know. But if I'm creating for him, guess what? He's going to be glorified. He's going to be blessed. So in the same way as we co-create with the Lord in whatever capacity it is, if our children want to create, co-create with them. Help them along their way. They want to be entrepreneurs, and that's happening a lot more often, Rod. You have these young entrepreneurs, one young man, nine years old, a millionaire. (laughs) I remember thinking. Who's your mom and dad? Because I have questions, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's what I would suggest. So, one of the last questions I have for you is: What is one of the most influential experiences regarding feedback from someone who's read one of your your forty different books? If something resonated with you so deeply, and you just kind of understood that something that you captured during this creating process of whatever book it might be had such a significant role in changing or um, meeting the need of the reader that it stuck with you. In one of my earlier works, I wrote about a character who hated herself. And that was also a reflection of my own low self-esteem at the time. And In the story, the young lady realizes that beauty is in the eye of the creator, not the beholder. And I had a young lady reach out to me and said, 
thank you so much for putting that in this book because I have also struggled with that. And it is the Lord who makes me beautiful, not anyone else looking at me who makes me beautiful. And when I heard that, it was the first time I realized that there are deeper things going on than just telling a good story. Even though I was just using my own experience of coming to grips with being happy with who I am in the Lord, as opposed to wanting to look as nice as I can for the outside world. And low self-esteem is something I've talked about before. And I still struggle with it sometimes. I, just, I can't help it. It's that monkey on my back you can't get rid of, you know, that you just have to keep fighting every day. And uh, that was a very profound moment that there was more to this thing than just telling a good story and that people are reading what I am writing. And that was an earlier book. And that made me feel pretty good. Lately, I had a reader who said, I have read all your books and you have grown as a writer. That was probably one of the best moments of my life. This conversation so far has been edifying for me. It's really uh, neat to be able to actually be talking with you and kind of like get to ask the question and, and just sit back and listen to your answer. I think it's you definitely have a gift to be doing what you're doing. And I would just say, don't grow weary in doing good. Um, due season, we're definitely going to reap. That's the hard part is don't grow weary in trying to create, particularly people who are authors. We grow weary. We get tired. Life interferes. If you create by making sure your house is clean so when your family comes home, they have a safe place to rest. If you are at work, and you work really hard to make sure the project is done, but you may not get the accolades and acknowledgments that you're doing. Remember, as my mother would say, Jesus is the best paymaster, not anyone down here. So while you're creating, remember you're creating for one and don't get weary of that. Present it as an offering to him, an offering of creation, if you will. What a refreshing message and reminder in the days that we live in. I know that. There's not a lot of pure motive <laughs> in the world today, at least not under the limelight. So it's just very refreshing to be able to hear your perspective and your answers uh, for some of these questions and creating. Yeah, let's let's all kind of think about that as wherever you guys are when you listen to this. Think about creating a safe environment for our family. Hmm, that's a message that clearly is barely non-existent in the public square today, creating peace in our household by taking every thought captive into the obedience of Christ, creating a conversation intentionally with somebody who may hold different views than, than you. Some of my greatest rewards have literally been from taking the step of faith and cultivating areas that people like to stay very far away from. I found it to be so rewarding and it's also challenged me to go further and dig deeper and depend on God more. So with all that being said, Parker, do you want to leave us with some information as to where the listeners can find one of your 40 different books and where they can find your show? You can find me online at parkerjcole.com. And if you want to get any of my books for those who may 
I, I do write romances, sweet, clean romances. And for those who don't like those, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my primary work. So I am working on some sci-fi for those who like sci-fi. But you can find them all online. I write exclusively with Amazon on Amazon.com. And uh, we'll go from there. And go to my website, ParkerJCole.com. Awesome. Well, it was an honor to have this discussion with you. Thank you so much for joining me. And I really look forward to doing a longer form conversation in the near future. Me too. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, that's it. That's the micro message episode. I tried to keep it around the 20 minute marker. The idea of these shorter episodes are just to give you guys some healthy perspective something that you can listen to while you run to the grocery store something that'll challenge you to think a little bit different about your day and hopefully you walk away with a smile you learn something or you're entertained coming to you from southeastern pennsylvania god bless america goodbye